breaking news from The Athletic. This is Andrew Schlecht and Sam Amick from The Athletic with breaking news. The Thunder have traded Chris Paul to the Phoenix Suns for Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, Ty Jerome, Jalen LeCue, and a first-round pick in 2022. Uh, I, actually, Ab- Ab- Abdul Nader is also included in this trade from the Thunder. Uh, Sam, what was your initial reaction when you heard about the trade? Andrew, good to be with you as always. I mean, not shocked because there was a lot of common sense behind this possibility. Uh, shout out to our Trayvon Edwards, who kind of called this shot on one of the other athletic NBA show pods and, and broke down why it would be such a good move, specifically for the Suns. You, you have a lot of personal connections. Chris Paul reunites with Monty Williams, who was his coach in New Orleans, and more than that was a dear friend and a guy that he connected with. Jeff Bauer, who was with uh, New Orleans back in the day when, when CP was during that chapter, is obviously now uh, with James Jones in the Suns front office. And then you got James Jones himself, the uh, Suns GM, you know, who played with Chris and, and, and knows you know, what he's about. And for Phoenix, I mean, we all knew they were on the clock with Devin Booker. They gave him a lot of money, um, but that doesn't always get the job done in today's NBA. He was a guy who wanted to win. The sun showed at the end of the bubble, you know, kind of the, the best version of who they could be even before Chris Paul and didn't get into the playoffs, but but had a lot of good mojo. And I, I like it. I think Chris takes him to the next level. I give Chris a lot of credit because when, you know, when he signed that five-year max with Houston, we all, Andrew, we know how much criticism he got as the guy who's the head of the players union and kind of that idea that, yep. that, that he had gone out and got as much cash as he possibly could and possibly at his own expense when, you know, people thought in terms of his own desires to be competitive, that, you know, that contract was going to be unmovable. And lo and behold, now it's been moved twice and uh, you got two years left on it. And I think that's worth the money because we saw last year with OKC that he's got a lot of game left and, and equally as important. I think we saw where his head's at in terms of his willingness to mentor young players, you know, in OKC was the, the Shea, just Alexander's of the world, and I think he's going to be really good with Devin and, and the rest of that crew. Yeah, I think this is a great deal for the Suns. The, the only, my only drawback is now we have 14 teams competing for eight playoff spots. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's where right. you find yourself in the Western Conference, and it's, and it's tough. If you have one bad break during the season, you could be toast because I think there's – I mean – is there a team? I mean, I think Sacramento would even, I mean, you may know better than me is they'd like to go to the playoffs um, and will probably be trying to be good this year. I mean, really the team on the other side of this trade, the thunder really seem like the only team that is genuinely okay with not being good this season. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, And you, you kind of forced me to pull up the standings here and, and decide if I agreed with your premise, but I just don't think that should preclude a team like Phoenix from being aggressive. You can't, sit on the sideline and say, gosh, there's so much parity, you know, let's, let's wait until, you know, the Lakers make LeBron available. You know what I mean? Like you right. can't do much better than getting a guy like Chris again. And I'm admittedly surprised that I'm talking about Chris in this vein. I did not necessarily think he had this kind of game left. I didn't like what I saw in Houston. Uh, I remember when the Warriors bounce the Rockets from the, the last conference finals matchup they had going into the Warriors locker room and admittedly kind of indulging Draymond Green a little bit as he, you know, 
I don't want to over-exaggerate it, but he, he, he definitely reveled in Chris Paul's, you know, perceived demise during that series. And I remember Draymond and I talking about how, you know, Chris couldn't get around screens and, and Chris didn't look like he had it anymore. And it's been well chronicled. Mm-hmm. You know, he went on this diet that shed some pounds and, and got himself into a better place than he was during the end of the Houston days. And, you know, he was fantastic last year. And again, the leadership is going to be big because the Chris is a guy that's got to be around people who are like-minded and it did, you know, with the Clippers, that wasn't always the case. And so it didn't always work. But to me with the Monty's and the James's and the Bowers and, and Devin really showing that he doesn't want to just be a guy that puts up big numbers on a losing team. You know, I think that part of it is going to work too. Yeah. I mean, and you basically are adding Chris Paul to the team that went 8-0 in the bubble and just subtracting Ricky Rubio. Right. Because Kelly Oubre wasn't in the bubble. So, I mean, this this is a it's a huge deal for the Suns that they didn't have to give up really all, all but one rotation player right. in the trade. Well, and defensively, too, here's the other thing. I think this is going to have a market impact on Devin as a player going forward, his own development. Like, that dude is a, a wizard offensively, right? And, yep. and he can play on the ball, off the ball. He's fantastic. But, it, you know, defense has left something to be desired. And you can't play next to Chris Paul and have that continue to be the case. You know, he had, he had moments, and like a lot of young players, you, you figure that part out on the back end, especially, you know, guys like Devin who can score the ball, you know, the way that they do. Uh, I think that is going to help Devin. And, uh, and, and it was, you know, again, the pressure was on in Phoenix because – you know, Devin had quickly become one of those guys that, that other stars wanted to pluck. You know what I mean? They wanted to, yep. to lure him out of Phoenix. Uh, and, and now, in fact, I saw, I think it was uh, our own John Krasinski or somebody tweeting about, you know, sorry, Wolves fans. You know, you're not getting Devin Booker. Um, right. <laughs> so he's unofficially not that guy anymore. Yep. Uh, and then on the Thunder side, I think the, the most important asset they get in return is another first-round pick. Uh, in the future for them, a, a 2022 pick from the Suns, which is not, sometimes you get these fake picks that turn into two seconds. This is not one of those. It's top 12 protected in 22, top 10 in 23, top eight and 24, and then completely unprotected by 25. So they get a guaranteed first round pick. Uh, they get a, a shot at Ty Jerome, who was a first round pick in last year's draft, an interesting prospect. They get uh, Jalen LeCue, who's just a freak athlete uh, who played in the G League last year. Uh, and then you get two guys in Ricky Rubio and Kelly Oubre who are veterans. But um, tell me if I'm wrong. I think these guys are flippable this season. Yeah, no, I, I think so. Uh, Ricky in particular, for one, not that this – I mean, this does matter, but I don't want to overstate it. Ricky is is very well-liked and a guy who I think generally, you know, executives in front offices would like to, to – you know, have him, somebody like Sam Presti is going to think about the fact that if the Thunder aren't going to be competitive, then, you know, somebody like Ricky deserves to, to be in a competitive spot. He's on the back end of his career and, and he's a guy who does it the right way. And I do think they're flippable. Um, you know, I saw the Warriors possibility mentioned by somebody in terms of the, uh, the trade um, exception that they have a, a timeline on here in the, the next couple of days. They're trying to find a home, mm-hmm. you know, or make a move there. Um, Ricky's a guy that, that could help a lot of teams. And, and Kelly, too, the injury stuff got the best of him last year, but he had some fantastic moments. I mean, he's a guy that, that uh, you talk about being competitive, plays both ends of the floor, and, and I think could help a team as well. Yeah. 
Another another interesting deal uh, from the Thunder to kind of tear it down. So we'll sixteen we'll first rounders, Andrew. Sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> it's seventeen now, right? Because they 17? added the Schroeder pick. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's incredible. Between it's... now and what 2025? Yeah. Yeah. No one no one has ever had this kind of start to a rebuild because the Thunder haven't really even started. They haven't felt the Thunder fan base hasn't felt the pain of a rebuild yet. Right. And it's it's coming this season. And to have that kind of start is uh, it's unprecedented. Well, how about this? Is kind of my final thought. Certainly not by design, but in terms of Sam Presti and the way he works, um, it's it's like oh, by the way, if ever you were going to have a rebuild that your fans don't enjoy, <laughs> well, maybe a, a a season that doesn't involve fans. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. Like, Ten less games, no right. fans. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, you're not going to pay. You know, in terms of like kind of per capita. You're not going to pay the same price uh, for that factor in this coming season that yep. you would have in a normal year, which is, again, certainly not by design. And the pandemic is awful for everybody. But in terms yeah. of the business, um, yeah, you know, and I'm not giving Sam credit for that being a deliberate design, but but it's a, a silver lining for sure. It is. It is a stroke of luck because if they if they hit in the 2021 draft. Then you're talking like three or four really nice young pieces to run back the next season, right. in which case you might actually get a fan base excited about that. Right. So it is it is a strange stroke stroke of luck. I do in, wonder about in the midst of an unlucky time. Sorry, I'm interrupting you there. Um, since you're you're, you're the resident Thunder expert, do you do you have any quick thoughts on on the future of Stephen Adams? I mean, he now to me becomes, you know, the next guy that you wonder about uh, about his future. Yeah, I mean, I think Steven's contract is is pretty big, and the Thunder will not be attaching assets to move guys. And so my general inclination is that he'll stay just yeah. because I just don't think you can move him without having to give up something of value. Um, unless there's a team that just sees him as a guy they'd like to give up a first-rounder for, my guess is he stays around, and I don't think the Thunder are upset about that either. You know, he's he's got sure. an expiring contract, so those numbers come off the books. He's a tremendous person to be around, and I think depending on who they draft, if they draft a big guy in the draft, they've got two picks so far uh, in the draft for Wednesday. If they draft a big guy, like who better to help develop a young big guy than Steven? So I. My my guess is that he stays unless someone comes knocking on the Thunder's door and says, "Hey, we've got a first rounder." Then I I think that he's out. But right. I have a hard time seeing that happening. Yeah, no, no, I hear you. We'll see. But good stuff. Little fireworks in the NBA, huh, buddy? Yeah, no, it's it's uh it's gonna be an interesting week. It's only it's only Monday. I was working yesterday. <laughs> it's only Monday today. So right. uh, thanks for listening and for joining our breaking news coverage. Go to the Athletics new headlines section. For much more on this story, to get access to all of The Athletic's great sports content, visit theathletic.com slash headline pod, where you can join for just $1 per week. 